Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. Hi, this is Chris McGinn with the Manchester Cricket, and I am at the Bookshop of Beverly Farms with Hannah Harlow. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. So we are chatting about Hannah had a very cool piece for the cricket this week. A lot that I just didn't know that August is Women in Translation Month, first of all. I had really only known it as being that National Lemonade Day was happening, which you also included. (laughs) Very important holiday. Hugely important, really. I mean, but as it turns out. And then you had a very interesting observation that only, I think, I should reference it, but 3% of all the books are translated, but of those, only 30% are women. Yes. Yeah. In the United States, of all the books published, and there are you know some 200,000 new books published every year. Okay. And so of that, only 3% are books that have been translated into English from another language, which seems like an incredibly tiny amount. I mean, we are a very big country. So on one level... I kind of understand like we have so much to process of our own stuff, but I also think it's incredibly important that we are reading the world and educating ourselves on different experiences in other countries. Absolutely. And in that sort of authentic way, I'm also shocked that the number is so, so incredibly low. Yes. And so, and actually, you know, this was really discovered many years ago now. Um, There's a website, I think, called like the 3% blog and they kind of really try to bring more works in translation to the forefront. And they have an annual award and oh, blah, great. blah, blah. So that's good. But it, the number still hasn't really changed. It's just kind of st- stuck at 3%. So I don't oh. know what that is. But um, yeah. even more troubling is that of that 3%, only 30% are, you know, books by women or translated by women. Yeah. So this blogger few years ago created Women in Translation Month for the month of August, and it is kind of this internet holiday, if you will, but I think it's pretty cool, and it's, you know, not just, you know, books by women, but books that have been translated by women. So I think the job of translator is, like, an incredibly cool job. I was just thinking this, especially for people who have so specifically crafted sentences and, you know, use, I mean, it, it's it's a very tricky job to try to correctly get that by, and there's such an element of trust. Yes. I mean, because presumably the person who has written it would have written it in English if they could, so they can't really know. I mean, that's it's right. a fascinating, fascinating no, a relationship. Lot, a lot of interpretation that goes into that job. And so that's why I think it's always interesting when it's like, okay, there's this like brand new translation of Anna Karenina or whatever it is. Right. And you're like, well, what's changed? But it's just a new translator has come along and been like, I actually interpret it this way. And then... Absolutely. You know, you right. get something a little bit different. Right. Which does leave the author <laughs> quite at the mercy. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, well, I, I mean. Or collabor- collaboratively, if the author's still living, of course. Yeah, um, sure. But, yeah, and I think the other interesting thing is that sometimes you could be reading a book in translation and maybe not even realize it mm. um, because the translator is not always identified on the cover. You might have to kind of search for it oh, in, the, you know, in the front matter yeah. of the book. So I think... August being Women in Translation Month is also cool 
for, you know, asking us to kind of pay attention to translators. Absolutely. And maybe, maybe, and I'm so incredibly pleased that you wrote about it, but also maybe we can start moving that, that 3%, start moving it a little bit. So the first book that you spoke of was a book that you said you really enjoyed called The Woman in the Purple Skirt. Yes. This is by a Japanese author named Natsuko Imamura. And I actually have to see it's the translator is not on the cover. We're looking no, at the book right now. You you would not have known by looking if at the book. If you open it up, it says it's translated from the Japanese by Lucy North. So way to go, Lucy. Yeah. Um, but I liked the book Cheers. a lot. She's kind of a, a celebrated, award-winning Japanese author. And so it is this kind of novel story of obsession. It's narrated by this young woman who kind of becomes obsessed with a person she identifies as the woman in the purple skirt. And this woman kind of comes and sits on the same bench every day and eats the same thing every day and, you know, wears the same thing every day. And so this woman just, like, becomes obsessed with the idea of her and, like, where she lives and who she is and everything. So Oh, I love it. Yeah, so it's, like, a little creepy and weird. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. But it does sound get quite fascinating. Actually. Yeah, it's good. Your description of it, this happens, I, there's usually always one in your, right when you write for the cricket that I'm, like, I'm going to read it, which is good. That's <laughs> why we yeah, love that's it. Great. But that one, that was the one. So, all right. And then we also have yeah, people like them. Which is more of a mystery. I tried to kind of come up with a, a couple different options from different genres. Sweet. So this is by Samira Sidira, translated by Lara Verno. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but it's translated from the French. Oh, okay. um, and it is also more of like a psychological thriller okay. about a new family who moves to this like tiny French Alpine village. And where bad things happen. Where bad things happen. <laughs> well, where everyone has sort of historically looked the same and this new family moves in and they look a little different from everybody else. Okay. And then, you know, bad things happen. So wow. there's like racial and okay. class tensions that kind of come to light okay yeah okay well good and that's i have to say that that's this whole sort of suspense and sort of genre is a genre i don't dabble in enough so maybe this is the, the time we all do they look so like slim and like oh i'll just tear through this but i, I think they're like there's a lot to them and they're a little meatier than they look which oh, is kind of cool too definitely and then another one i mentioned was a memoir i love memoirs yeah i think nonfiction in translation is maybe a little bit rarer just fair point yeah yeah but, but for memoir it's like slightly more common yeah so this german author jenny erpenbeck she's often mentioned in like you know speculation about the nobel prize in literature that like maybe someday she would win she's you know a fascinating writer who normally writes fiction but this is her memoir and it's about growing up in east germany and like, you know, I think she was 19 when the wall came down. And okay. so she grapples a lot with European history. And and this is also kind of delves into how she became a writer and just like literary influences and like other cultural touch points for her. So, oh, cool. yeah, she's just like this brilliant mind. So you're right. like along for the ride with her. And it's really cool. It would be nice to sort of pair it with when you've read a bit of her work and yeah, then you sort so. of become curious. I mean, I do this with authors and sometimes you don't want to know, but there are some right. like... There's some minds you're kind of curious to poke around yes. in, and to be able to do that is cool. It will probably just only enhance your experience of her as an author, of course. So, yeah, excellent. Totally. And the, it's called Not a Novel, which I also <laughs> like a lot. 
Excellent. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be really sort of cheesy here and comment that the next book called Mona has like an awesome cover. Like, I would end up picking it up because it just looks super cool. I'm going to admit cool. that I might have bought this, brought this into the store for the cover. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, folks, I know you can't see it, but you need to come into the store to see it. It's, it's amazing. It's kind of amazing. I sort of just want to leave it laying around my house. Right. You could buy it and just for your just for your coffee table. I think I might. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.